Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk and on this episode I am once again joined by the one, the only, the man, the legend, Kevin Eustace, or Eustace, I got it right, I did Hooray! get it right, um, so yeah Kevin's joined me and uh, we're going to talk about what he's been up to because uh, if I'm not wrong uh, he's been a bit of a busy man so let's bring him in and have a chat, alright Kevin? Hello there, how are you doing? I'm alright, um, you've been a bit of a busy man haven't you? I have. Um, yeah, so launching a third show, which is fun. Um, and when I say fun, it just means that that's uh, a substitute word for procrastination. So mm. it launches on the 27th with three episodes. It's called The Deadly Countdown. Um, it's going to look at true crime, mysteries, disappearances. So it's true crime with a paranormal slant, but more in the 80% true crime. And the deadly countdown aspect meaning, do you remember that show? I don't know whether I can get copyrighted for this. Probably can. But you remember that show that used to be on Discovery Channel, Seconds from Disaster? Yes. And they'd um, play back mm-hmm. like, to the disaster. And that was the point. The disaster was the end part, if yeah. you like. And it's kind of that sort of theme, quite, you know, it's obviously serious. You're dealing with death. Like, uh, you know, it was a bright sunny day and you start a clock and the sound effects and all that jazz. So more in line with the dark paranormal podcast that I do, as in dramatic wise, as opposed to we need to talk about ghosts, which is more me as you hear me now. But because uh, I'm tying it in with three episodes that launches on the third episode of the new series of The Dark Paranormal, which launched today, season 13, launching on Friday 13th, which was a coincidence, a, ma- a magnificent one when you're doing a par- paranormal podcast. But it does mean that between now and then, I've got to write three, uh, well, not only write, but also work out, the- I've got the music because I can write music. So I'm sit here all day, write tunes, jingles and whatever. So the music's all sorted for it. I just need to sort out the format, the script, and basically everything else that goes into a podcast and then write three 30-minute episodes and record. It's a lot of work. Um, It is when you're also doing... I mean, per week, there's... We need to talk about ghosts, the dark paranormal, um, a Patreon for the dark paranormal, which is 30 minutes. Two Patreons for We Need to Talk About Ghosts, which are 30 minutes apiece. And that's within a standard week. So now I've decided to add to that with another show. And the difference being is, whereas everything else that I currently do, this is the challenge, what I've set myself. The um, We Need to Talk About Ghosts and the, and the Dark Paranormal. They're listener-submitted stories. And for We Need to Talk About Ghosts, it's just me basically paranormal verbal diarrhea in some form of structure. You know, it's, it's, it's a lighthearted, it's under the comedy improv section, put it that way. Yeah. Whereas the other one, society and culture, it's a little bit more dramatic, but again, all that is, is me editing a, a listener's story, elongating it when needed, making it sound dramatic when needed, but not changing anything in, in terms of the actual events. Cause that's pointless. That's, you know, embellishment then. Um, but, what this is, is this is research. So this is, you know, this is hard, much more difficult than I assumed. But I've all since, well, not since birth, because, you know, people can't read or write till the 10 or whatever. But um, 
ever since I've been able to walk and talk as an adult, like I was in a band previously mm-hmm. and I was the bane of my bandmate's life because I would do things like, um, you know, we're on the 13th of October now. I'd say I'd go and book us a gig for the 21st of October and they'd say, we haven't rehearsed any songs. And I'd say, but I've booked it now, so we have to do it. And we'd get there and we'd, do, we'd end up doing a gig because... You know, I've made a promise now. And that's kind of where I'm at with the Deadly Countdown now. I've advertised it. I've branded it. It's out. I've announced it. It's It needs to take place. It's just now going to be a matter of... Uh, <laughs> basically, I've shown Peter pictures. You, know, you remember when Elon Musk said, oh, I've got an amazing new car, and then he brought out that thing that looked like, I don't know, like a Tonka truck, and he said it's bulletproof and somebody shot the window through or something. It could end up a fiasco like that. Reminds me of a story of uh, a friend when I was at junior school who always said he had a chopper bike. And uh, we were like... <laughs> what a weird claim. <laughs> I have got a chopper bike. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, it, it, come on, Kevin, at school, you either had a chopper or a grifter. You well, know? this is true. Yeah, yeah you yeah. were either in the chopper gang or the grifter gang. Although the Griffiths were quite heavy, uh, you know, they were they were still up there with the choppers. And none of this, well, none we, of this chom- tomahawks or chippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, to be honest, I think there's a, there's maybe a one or two years difference between us because we were rally burners or BMX. Oh, yes. We, and then you were, yeah. There was a few years. There was just a few years. But, yeah, yeah, just a couple of years. So BMX, everyone had one really. Um but they didn't get a black version, you know. The rally burners. Those 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 wheels used to shatter, man. Yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. And they were also if you came off a curb, you, the bike went up your ass because there was no <laughs> there was no air in the tires, more or less. They they claimed there was, but there was no difference if you pumped them up or not. So this kid, he's saying, uh, yeah, I got a I got a chopper, and I And we're like, Where is it? Well, I don't ride at the school, do I? And he didn't actually talk like that. He didn't like talk like a gangster <laughs> or anything. But yeah, I'm just doing that for effect. But he's like, Yeah, I've got a chopper. And um we all went round his house one evening, and uh, we said, "Well, where is it? Oh, it's in the garage." Uh, well, so, well, dad's got no dad's. Well, dad's not here. He's got the key. You can't go in the garage. And he claimed that it was. Be- yeah, it was behind. He had this, ch- and we never saw it. We never saw it. But- Unless you meant like a hand axe, you know, like, in like- <laughs> yeah. I've got, I goes out and cuts the tree down. I've got a chopper. Yeah, I've got a chopper. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you meant the bike? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I see the confusion now. They yeah. were. Uh, they they were great. But anyway, uh, you're two up on a chopper, really bouncy, and change gear. Oh my god, that's just instant death. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, yeah. so I was going to say you've kind of relocated, haven't you? Because you've kind of moved out of the of the home sort of base studio and into a a, a new place now, haven't you? I have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm currently not now. I am currently at home now, but mm. only because um, the st- what I refer to as the studio is now closed. So basically, um, there's one really, like, um, I was going to say, not, not generic, that's the very wrong word, iconic uh, music shop in Liverpool called yeah. Curly's. Okay. And it's been there since the 70s, more or less. Different locations around town, but, like, you know, it's been there. Anyway, but to get studio space anywhere, soundproof studio space is, as you'd imagine, um ridiculous in a city center yeah especially on, on a permanent basis mm. um but i buy my guitars from there like because i do i do music generally anyways as, as a pastime so and and i trust them that those sorts of people you know like yeah for example we took the car into for an MOT the other day 
And the guy said, do you need your right rear tire replacement, but you've passed, but I'd get it replaced. So we went to this tire place and this guy comes out and says, there's nothing wrong with that. I could sell you the tire, but that's fine. And like, these are tire experts. The other guy doesn't sell tires. So we went, all right, nice one, fine, thanks. And, and instantly we were like, well, we'll go, we'll go back there when we need a tire because he's just, he could have easily took 50 quid off us and sent us on, his way, on our way, but mm. he didn't. You know, so we thought he's built up some trust. Anyway, back to the point. Curly's music stores like that. Like I've went in and with a looked at a three hundred pound guitar and went, "Can I buy this?" And he's went, "Mate, I can give you one, which is like that, but it's one hundred and fifty quid." And you know, they they talk themselves out of money. Yeah. Um, so they've always had me trust. Anyway, long story short, uh, they've done me an like an like unbelievable deal in terms of rent and it means that i can i've got access between 10 and 6 monday to saturday um six days a week which is more than what i need uh they've given me a room upstairs which is completely soundproofed and it, it's worked out perfect like i mean I, I wouldn't even tell you the rent because it's ridiculous it's ridiculous for a city center place like well um what, fell on my feet what i was going to say was that he's you know he's kind of being clever because He's got someone in there. He's getting regular money from it. And it might be a, a, a reduced rate, but it's a regular. It's always going to be coming in. And you're not going to go elsewhere because you know it comes at a premium. And it beats putting yeah. a duvet yeah. over your head. Well, this is it. Exactly, yeah. I mean, this is the thing, though. This is what really makes me laugh. I mean, I, in fact, I, may, I, I don't really want to mention prices, but let me put it this way. Uh, a mate of mine who's like into the cultural scene, he's, he's an artist in Liverpool and, and uh, a very successful one. And... He's in with like, you know, clicks of people and some people I don't like. Some people I think are great. Some people I don't like. But anyway, he goes, um, sent me, he sent me, and he was trying to do the right thing. You know, he sent me a message saying, uh, oh, and I'll make a name up, say Alan. Alan, who runs Blah Blah Studio, I've just had a chat with him and he said you can have a day's worth of the studio for just 90 quid. And you know, when you're thinking for a day, 90 quid. <laughs> and I'm like, mate. Like I'm not far off trebling that, and I've I've got somewhere for a month. Yeah. Um. So no, you're all right because it's so expensive. If you could, that's why I feel really bad on people who want to start a podcast. I mean, a lot of people grasp it and they understand. You, if you start and you're doing it from your bedroom or you're doing it from wherever you get the least noise, but you will get people who'll go like, right, well, maybe you need to rent a studio or rent a space, and they look at a. They, they look at the costs and go, friggin' hell, how do people do this? Yeah. And it's understandable because, like, you know, if this Alan guy would no doubt would then be like, oh, I can do your reduced rate for just like two grand a month or something stupid. Um, so, yeah, you can be out off very easily. Have you ever thought about going, uh, what's your feelings on? I mean, there's a lot of podcasts now, ghost podcasts, mm. uh, UFO podcasts. They're going into sort of um, video and they're doing yeah. the whole YouTube, you know uploading it to youtube they got their studio with their comfy sofas and and that sort of stuff uh, yeah what, what you know what's your thoughts on that what do you what do you feel about that is that is that kind of the evolution of the whole kind of paranormal and podcasting thing is it going to go that way because i'll be honest with you it I'm, I'm being a bit sort of um uh it's just a pet it's just a pet peeve where people say i'm mm. a podcaster but i make videos well then you're a vidcaster you're not a podcaster but that's just me yeah. being weird. But do you think everything's going to slowly go kind of that way? Um, I think, 
I mean, from a sheer looking at like re- the uh, repurposing the content, as they call it, um, I think you know what you get slated. Uh, but like, if you look at someone like Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. if you're gonna do this, what like you refer, refer to as a vidcast, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something like that, um, you I would do it the Joe Rogan route. As in, it's it's a podcast. He he does a podcast. He just films the podcast. Yeah, and there are, there's there's two different things there in terms of. I mean, yes, he's he's a multi millionaire, so he's got someone who can do camera shots whilst they're filming the podcast. But in essence, it's a podcast. Um, so I'm not against the idea, but the thing is, I think there's an not well, there is a sort of art form that comes with podcasting in terms of editing in terms of especially like yeah for example i could never do the dark paranormal live recorded um i could do the dark paranormal arguably on video but there'd be no point it's just me you talking it'd be far too much work it it, it treble the amount of time it'd take to do but i understand that people do other you know there's, there's an audience there that algorithm wise w- would want to see a fake like mr Bolan, for example he's done it kind of when i say he the people advising him have done it the right way he's had a very successful youtube channel now what they've done is amazon have signed him up to whatever million pound contract it is um to do podcasts so he just has audio podcasts with solely with amazon through amazon music now yeah but they've also repurposed all of his old youtube videos to audio only which works for him because his youtube channel was just him talking so in answer to your question um i, I don't necessarily think it's the future because you know people have other things like for example yeah, I'll go back to the Joe Rogan example. If I'm painting the house, I can have a Joe Rogan podcast on. I don't need to be watching a screen. If I, I mean, I very rarely watch Joe Rogan talking to someone because what's the point? You know, do, do you know what I mean? He's not not into, unless yeah. they're referring to a clip and can show the clip. And so I don't know. I don't know. What I will say is, I am looking at doing a, a pitch for the Dark Paranormal for TV, but not as a drama, as a uh, almost like a, you know, like a crime watch reconstruction, mm. or a, a thirty-minute one, and also looking at writing. I'm halfway through writing a, a fictional film, paranormal film. So I'm looking. This is that's this is a 2024 venture, obviously, but mm. I'm looking at stretching into that. But I think I don't know. I think these things come sort of step. It's like the boiling frog. You know, or the I know that that's a fallacy and it's not a real thing. Because let me tell you, if you apparently I say this like I've done it, like some cruel bastard. But if you do, um, you know, if you heat the water up in a frog, everyone says, "Oh, and it doesn't move." It does. It's not daft. Do you know, when it's so hot, it jumps out. It doesn't just boil to death. You know, to use that analogy, it kind of feels like that. What what takes place? The more things come your way. Are mm. you going to be covering uh, such cases like? Uh, missing people, people who vanish, that kind of stuff. With the new one, we are mm. the deadly countdown. Yeah, we are. Yeah. And what are your so, thoughts um, on that? I, I, I'm only going to do ones that I'm interested in, and the same goes for true crime too. So, for example, I mean, it's a bit of a you know, this 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 chat's turning more into a lesson in podcasting, which is fine. But um, <laughs> the uh, so the first three shows that I'm going to release for the deadly countdown all have a paranormal tinge. So. 
you've got um well the first two of the three do anyway so the first one's going to be butch defeo which is obviously the the gents who murdered his family at amateurville yeah to uh so there's that link the second one is going to be the michael taylor case which is the demoniac where he was allegedly possessed but he wasn't he was just a psycho and the third one's the butcher of hanover which is a more historical case it's still 1900s but but he was also referred to as the vampire of hanover so that's the the very 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 slight paranormal segue but it's the idea is to to drag over as much audience as it can ideally because it's still me um the thing is people tend to really like me in the tone i do the dark paranormal because they fall asleep to it which is maybe not the best compliment but that's the feedback i get um so therefore it's more of that but it's a different topic so therefore it should in theory bring over a few of the dark paranormal fans me as me doing we need to talk about ghosts that's a bit more marmite do you know yeah. what i mean yeah yeah because that's like me on crack but um and it says no one likes people on crack <laughs> um so i've discovered um so yeah it's a uh, it's an interesting one how dark does the dark paranormal go are you gonna sort of only go so far or are you gonna sort of step over the threshold and do the real scary mind-bending stuff for the dark paranormal yeah for so so as i say season 13 just launched today well, and what we 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 started off doing as anyone does, you know, the famous cases, your Amateurvilles, your this, your that, your Enfields, and then we moved solely on from about I think season three to listener stories, and they're better because you don't, you know, you you've ne- one you've never heard them before, two some of them are for not like we we covered a when I say we covered, we had an email in for last season from um, a layer-sized priest. Now, I didn't even know the word layer-sized until I received this email. But basically, he was a, that's what is you refer to a Roman Catholic priest right. as when they've asked to be, if, when they've asked to give up um, and they've, they want to go and do what they want. They still can't have sex, still going to remain celibate, unless the pa- the Pope gives them that authority too. But it's got to go to the Pope, this request to be lay-sized. And you're still always a priest. It's like um, one of those, it's like the mafia, you know, once you're in, you can't get out. Mm. So you, you just, you're absolved from your duties as a priest as in performing mass and things like that. But you're not necessarily a member of the, a member of the lay community. Anyway, he, he, the reason he asked was because there was a girl in his locale, in his parish, that he was convinced was possessed. And the thing is, this entire tale, it wasn't it wasn't gruesome. There was nothing like, and the, there was no jump scares, there was nothing. It was just a very well-told, like, like it had an air of authenticity you couldn't fake, I think. He went to his bishop to seek exorcism, and the bishop told him uh, a confession is just as powerful as an exorcism. And he was like, you're not going to get this girl in a, in a confessional booth. She's, you know, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. But, like, but they, they'd sent him to Rome. He'd actually went on one of the courses, if you like, uh, for so many months to, to, be, to study the exorcisms and how you do them and stuff. And he'd been fully trained up. Um, because each parish or each diocese even needs an exorcist. It's like that's canon. You need, you know, you need to have a legal Roman Catholic exorcist within your diocese. And their one went, and he stepped up. 
So he, as the expert, goes to the bishop and says, this girl covers everything, ticks all the boxes, and the bishop wouldn't grant it and said, just give her a confession. Um, and it was basically along the lines of saying, I'm not going to, uh, you know, because apparently the bishop needs to then also, it's all paperwork, I imagine. Yeah. But he had to, he had to say, say to someone, there must be something in there and has she been to the confession? And if you say no, then he'll be frowned upon or something. So anyway, he, he asked her, something else happened when she turned up at his house. But, and again, nothing like no one. He basically walked in. He went to make her a cup of coffee. He walked, and this was just the, the buildup of the whole 30-minute story, really. He, he, when he came back in, she had turned or she'd become oppressed or whatever the saying is and she had she had a little like baby with her like an 18 month old or something and she had it held above her head uh, and he had a glass coffee table and she was just smiling and saying like like jokingly i'm gonna throw it through the glass what are you gonna do about it and he he, he, he didn't know what to do he was like you know he was he, he was literally like i need support mentally like I, yeah. I, I don't know how to handle this and he yeah. didn't get it so he asked to retire and uh, to be fair, they, they they gave him it. They were like, "We get you." He said, "Just bit like I've went to him back and forth since he submitted his story," and he was like, "The bishop was quite good, you know, in terms of like saying I get it, my hands were tied, blah 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 blah." Um, but yeah, you know, when you're like, that's pretty damn dark in terms of not just paranormal, but most things. Like, I was going to say, when you get uh, listener. Um stories come in and people submit mm. stuff have you kind of got a um uh have you kind of grown a sort of an ability to know when a story is like you know that i don't i think that's made up or or that's 100 percent 100 percent yeah yeah 100 percent i i talk about this quite often in terms of and i use that phrase quite often as well an air of authenticity mm -hmm. and it's it's the little things. Yeah, I'll put it this way. We went to me and my girlfriend went to watch um the new Exorcist film the other day. Yeah. And um on the way back, we got a taxi which took about maybe five minutes to get home because it was raining. And we were like, let's just jump a cab. So he goes, Oh, what have you been to see? Exorcist. Oh, do you believe in ghosts? I was like, Here we go. So and yeah, do have you he went, have you ever seen one? I said, oh. I said, I couldn't really hand on heart say I have. And he goes, I have. Right, have you? Go and tell us all about it. And within two and a half minutes, he told us a tale of taking a shortcut through um, our local cathedral's churchyard or graveyard even. And yeah. his partner witnessing an elderly woman stand up from behind a gravestone dressed in all white with a white bonnet tied under a chin. He seen her reaction. He spun around and seen it. This is like as it's getting dark. And all these gravestones, by the way, they're all overgrown. No one's buried there anymore. There's about 70,000 bodies underneath this grave graveyard because it was not necessarily a plague pit, but there was a lot of Irish famine victims who, when corpses were just arriving on boats and stuff. Um, yeah. And it was a quarry as well prior. Anyway. And there's workhouse kids there, and there's all other stuff. Anyway, it's quite overgrown. It's beautiful and scenic, but um, it's quite a an eerie place anyway. So he doesn't know what he's describing was the interesting part. So he was like, because he was a proper, proper scouser. He was like, oh, mate, oh, you know, like, if you wasn't from Liverpool, you wouldn't understand him. And he was like, mate, she just, I don't like this white ass. 
And like, I, I, I'm like, was, and my girlfriend saying, was it bonnet? No, no, no. It was like, and he's describing it. And I'm saying, did it tie under the, under the chin? And he's like, yeah, it did, yeah, it did, yeah. And he goes, and she had this like white gown thing on, like da da da. da. So my girlfriend's asking, was it this? No, no, no. And I'm basically what I'm t- saying to him is, you know that infamous drawing of um, John D and Edward Kelly where they're doing the, the necromancy. Yeah, they bring yeah, up yeah. a spirit in a, and they're stood in a protection circle, and they bring the bring up a spirit. I'm describing that, which is Victorian burial attire, do you know? And um, yeah. And he's saying, yeah, to all this, he's saying, yeah, that's what it was. And I'm thinking, he, for one, he wouldn't know that, that that's what he's witnessing. But that's what he's describing. And the other interesting, like, again, air of authenticity. If you're making this up, and you and your girlfriend, are, and you're making the story up, you and your girlfriend are walking through it, and this thing's rose from behind a gravestone. I said, um, I said, so what? So was it just staring at you then? And he went, no. He said, it was staring off to the right. He said, it wasn't looking at us. And I thought you wouldn't add that in. If you've made up a story, a short story, you're just going to tell someone in the back of your cab, you say it stared at us, we stared at it, and we ran away. And he said it was staring at something, and we were trying to look where it was staring, and we couldn't make anything out, and we just like put our foot down and legged it through. And it was that thing, it was that. I thought that's true, that. You know, I, I can tell by the additional details which make no sense that you've not questioned. You kind of know when people are, they're, when then when when they're reciting something to you, you can kind of feel when they when they're actually reliving it in exactly, their head yeah. Rather than making it, and up. that was it. And when when my partner Becca was asking him questions, and he was saying no, you know, he, like he, like it was, he could picture it in his head. You could see him. She was saying, "Was it like this?" He's going, "No, no, it was more like, you know." It, and you're thinking, if you're inve- if you're putting that much detail into a two and a half minute story, it's happened. Do you know, especially if. I mean, this lad wasn't, I mean, I don't know. He might be a pure paranormal maniac, but I doubt it. It looked like, you know, he, he was wearing all the top key clobber. He was a, a top skull. Like after he dropped off, off, us off, if you went to a nightclub and started going, all right, lad, I'm bouncing away. I wouldn't be surprised. He wasn't like, he didn't look like me. You know, for example, I got stopped yesterday by a white van driver who were two lads asked me if I was trying to be, get on this. Um, what did he say? Am I trying to be Black Sabbath or Russell Brand? Um, because I look like I'm into ghosts, Jeremy, is my point. I mean, I just said Yamaha for effect as they drove off, um, which I didn't really want to do. But anyway, but me, you know, my point being is that this guy was normal. He, you know, there, there was nothing about him. He screamed paranormal person. Everyday guy. Exactly. I mean, it's amazing that people who who do jobs like that, like taxi drivers and people who work at night, different world. And it's, it, the world is different at night. It's a, it takes on a different sort of persona. Yeah. And it, the things that, you know, we're all in bed asleep. And what really goes on out there? It's, uh, it's you know, say it's a different world. Yeah. It's a different place. And those people that drive at night and, you know, work through the night. Yeah. I always, I used to work at, I used to work at night and uh, I used to do shift mm. work. And it always, you get to about two, three o'clock in the morning. And it always felt a bit weird. Yeah. But, you know, maybe because I was falling asleep and I wanted to go home to my bed, but it always just felt a bit weird sometimes. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. I do know what you mean about like that. Uh, I know the, the, you know, people see that the, there's a horrible thing that I've noticed, not necessarily 
not necessarily obviously. It's kind of like it, it's taboo to say you feel weird or you you notice something weird around three o'clock because people start rolling mm. their eyes and saying, "Oh, what's in three o'clock? What's it?" And so like, you know what? The, just because it happens, it doesn't mean it's not real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I don't know what it is. I just think um, I, I've had that feeling a few times. I mean, I mean. I'm not been. I'm not normally awake at three o'clock in the morning. But when I used to work nights and around that time, it, the the kind of you just feel a bit off, a bit weird, and that, and it doesn't last for long, half an hour, and then it goes away, and you just carry on. But it's a feeling, and maybe it's because I read a lot of paranormal books, and I expect that you know time of the morning to feel a bit yeah. weird. But maybe it's psychological. But yeah, I don't know. It's just it's one of them things. Maybe maybe i'm just one of the oddballs to be honest i don't i don't think it's down to because you read a lot of paranormal because you you're you're not new to it you know what i mean i get it if within the last 12 months you'd started reading up and you were like last month you found out three o'clock is the witching hour or whatever else and mm. then i'd understand it but if you've done it most of your life and you've been into it most of your life that's not going to be it like it's it we touched on it before about like you know how dark do you go with the dark paranormal now interestingly and this is this is no word of a line just getting back to feelings now the building that the studio's in is it's a blitz survivor um like the shops either side of it but where some of them are totaled and there was many deaths and it's a lovely um art deco building it's gone to pot sadly but like for example it's three floors i'm on the second floor the third floor is out of use um but there's a spiral staircase that goes up and there's a glass dome ceiling beautiful building um but like really of its time there's only been twice when i've done that when i've been there and I've, christ i must have recorded well i'm in there every day anyway but there's only been twice where i wasn't sure whether it was the story whether it was the environment or whatever and remember i'm only there till six most times one time was when i was there a bit later to be fair but and i think it might have been that priest story i'm not sure but the story that i've done for this season because it'd been season 13 and it's up to um, halloween and all that jazz we thought we'd we'd cover a couple of more famous cases. So we started with the possession of Clara Gimana Sele from South Africa in uh, the early 1900s. And it's a great case. And it's an interesting case in terms of, you know, the power of the alleged power of the devil in terms of, you know, the whole, oh, well, you see a religi religious object and they'll run the other way. Mm. Like, you know, allegedly. Yeah she was able to re receive communion and confession and be possessed. And the reason for it was, was, you know, the, the thing inside, it was so powerful. So it, it was, it was an interesting case, but anyway, doing that episode took twice as long as any other episode I've ever done. There was a fee and you know, where people say, well, there's feeling throughout there, there was a genuine ominous feeling throughout. Now we've had a bit of bad runs, runs of luck in the family of late. Mm. Um, and I'm not putting it down to this story or oh, the, the, the last time it's only happened twice. The other one, I'm pretty sure was that priest story. There was just something and I, I can't, I, I cannot, there's a word for not being able to put it into words. Becca knows it. I don't speak into the qualia. There was a certain qualia to it, a certain, uh, something that just, you know, at, at Sophia, for example, the power went on the second floor alone during recording. And there's a guy who's got a shop on the second floor and he was kicking off. He's saying, is it you if you're overloaded the sockets? I was like, I wouldn't know how to overload the sockets if I tried me. Um, <laughs> so, but then there was like, 
there was a time I took my headphones off and I was convinced I basically I've carpeted all the walls and there's a little section behind the door that I've fully, fully foamed up and carpeted and it's tough to get in. And then there's a curtain in front of that. And I was that convinced that that door had opened and someone was stood behind that curtain. I took my headphones off and said hello in a completely calm manner. And then I got a chill down my spine and thought someone's behind that curtain. And, and it was, Ooh. and it, I, I literally <laughs> poked it with my umbrella, like some cartoon. But honestly, mate, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was genuinely, sincerely the only episode. And the thing is, it's not like it's, you know, it's, it's a known case. It's, it's as documented as anything else, but it was the, it's the only episode and I'm not saying, and therefore go listen, it's just a standard episode. But my point is in the recording of it, it's the only episode I was genuinely like, maybe I should just record something else. You know, I don't, I, I don't feel Yeah. there's something's just saying, go on, put it out, see what happens. And it, it was, it, you know, you know what? I talked to, I talked to my sister about something completely different. And she said she had a feeling the other week. She said, and you know, when you get that feeling in your chest that it's not, it's half nine in the morning in school and the bullies told you he was going to meet you at the school gates at half, nine, half three, she said, and you've got that hard <laughs> <Yeah>. thing all <laughs> day. And, yeah. it, and it, it resonated with me yeah. because that's what it was like. And I thought, am I just going fucking mad here? But it, it was, um, it was absolutely, uh, yeah, it really, it really, really bothered me. Um, and I'm glad it's out the way and finally released. And I'm saying this and back is probably getting murdered downstairs now. But. That's a good place to end this episode with that creepy story. We're going to leave that story with everyone, but we're definitely going to get you back and, yeah, uh, 100%. and continue this. So, I mean, I just wanted to catch up with you and, and hear what you've been doing. Cause I know you've been busy and I know you've got had a lot of projects on the go and it's totally fascinating. I think, Maybe, maybe look into the history of that building where you are, because I mean, it's, it sounds like it's got a lot. Of it history. really does, and I, I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm planning on doing something with it. For we need to talk about ghosts for Halloween, even if it's just um, EVP sessions upstairs on the third floor or whatever. But yeah. Th- the difficulty is, I don't think anyone who works there are of a similar mindset in terms of belief, which is annoying. You know, it's, it's yeah, kind of like well. Health and safety mm. means you can't go on the third floor. That's why it's shut. So it's saying it's like, yeah, I don't care if I fall through the ceiling. Let me try and catch a ghost. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes it'll be like, well, don't you get messing about in there? I don't want you. I don't want you conjuring up any 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 demons. Yeah, yeah. There's that belief you know, as well. I got a business here. <laughs> yeah. you know, I got a business. To run, what, did, you, know? you know, I had to tell you. I, I'd be like just before I go. It didn't half make me laugh. Some right. I had three people within a month email me to say, and this is going to happen, you know, just by sheer coincidence, um, email me to say they were listening to the dark paranormal and something happened, right? You know, like whether it skipped, whether this happened, whether that, L- literally one today that I read out where a guy, I was reading a story on one of the Patreon shows where I say the line, be careful. And he said he had to pull over because I kept saying, be careful, be careful, be careful. He said, and I thought I'd lost the plot um so he pulled over and turned his engine off and turned it back on and an accident happened just to his right that he would have been part of and when he turned it back on he skipped to a few seconds beforehand and pressed play and i only i only say it once and he was like he knows it's coincidence but blah 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 so things like this do happen and i had anyway i had a guy get in touch with me and said um because i what i said which is the truth is that infamous quote the more you look into the darkness the more it'll look back 
And I, I believe mm. that. I genuinely do believe that. I, I, you know, that's why the thing with Ouija boards and stuff. You know, if you go, if you if you go looking for the homeless people, the homeless people will come and find you. You know, <laughs> without sounding like a weirdo. But if you go giving fivers out to people on the street, you'll soon have yeah. a, a list of people waiting to to come and say hello. And I think it's a similar sort of thing. And so I said that on the show. I said I've had four people. I was literally ju- just being not trying to build a you know a big thing. I said I've had four people on the last month say that something spooky's happened whilst listening to the show. And I said I suggested because it is one of my theories that like you know when people do Ouija boards and things like that, they're all of a similar mindset. So therefore, they conjure up something happening in real life i said so maybe mm. it's a case if you're listening to the dark paranormal you get yourself to a certain mindset and that mindset opens you up to be able to see things that you wouldn't have been able to see previously is also said and this guy sent me an email saying I'm, I'm i used to really like this show i'm no longer going to listen because i feel like you're slowly trying to drag us into a ritualistic experiment and i was like what the fuck <laughs> i'm not like you know if it was I'd tell you, I'm not, a, you know, if I'm going to start a cult, I'd, I'd need your permission. And uh, i got to thank you once again. You will be back. Trust <laughs> me. Uh, th- <laughs> thanks, everyone, for giving us a listen. And um, um, thank you again for staying at the end. Um, thanks for all your likes and shares and donations. Very much appreciated. And uh, until the next episode, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers, Reeves. Thank you very much, my man. Mm-hmm.